I was thinking my husband, you know, he used to run marathons. He ran over 14 marathons. I mean, he was in general good health and, you know, he loved the Lord and, his, and he died at the age of, he had just turned 52 in January the 15th of this year. And um, I'm thinking to myself, why did Sergio have to die? George Nicotella, and you're listening to Health Watch Now, a place where we explore and hear stories about how people's lives have been changed through health and how their experiences can impact yours. Have you ever wondered about the cause of disease, destruction, and death? Well, our topic for today is why do bad things happen to good people? Today, I sit down with Ms. Claudia Ledger and Dr. Estrella Dogadillo. Both are members of the Seventh-day Adventist Church in DeKalb, Texas. And before we go any farther, I would like to ask Sister Ledger to lead us in prayer. Let us bow our heads for a word of prayer. Our Father in heaven, we thank you so much for giving us such a privilege to be here with our friends we pray, Father, that your Holy Spirit is here with us, leading us and guiding us. In your son's name, we thank you and praise you. Amen. 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 Miss Ledger, Dr. Dogadillo, and those listening to us, welcome to Health Watch Now podcast. Dr. Dogadillo, why the question, why the bad things happen to good people? Well, first of all, I'd like to thank you for inviting me here to the Health Watch podcast, uh, in March of this year, uh, 2020, my husband lost his battle with brain cancer, the glioblastoma. It was in his frontal lobe. He was diagnosed in 2018, and God extended his life for another two years after the surgery that he had. They found a eight-centimeter tumor in his frontal lobe. And looking back, I noticed little subtle changes in his behavior. It was the way he slept, even how he spoke, personality changes. And so this is how this question of why do bad things happen to good people came to me because I was thinking my husband, you know, he used to run marathons. He ran over 14 marathons. I mean, he was in general good health and you know, he loved the Lord, and his, and he died at the age of, he had just turned 52 in January, the 15th of this year. Mm. And um, I'm thinking to myself, why did Sergio have to die? And um, so just like other people that are listening, you probably are asking that same question. Why do bad things happen to good people? And so that led me to the, uh, the book of Job. Mm. And I'd read Job many times, but something really stuck out in chapter 2. And so I just want to share with you Job ch- chapter 2, verse 1 through 6. And it reads, Again, there was a day when the sons of God came to present themselves before the Lord. And Satan came also among them, 
to present himself before the Lord. And the Lord said unto Satan, From whence cometh thou? And Satan answered the Lord and said, From going to and fro in the earth, and from walking up and down in it. And the Lord said unto Satan, Hast thou considered my servant Job, that there is none like him in the earth, a perfect and upright man, one that feareth God and escheweth evil, and still he holdeth fast his integrity, although thou movest me against him to destroy him without cause? And Satan answered the Lord and said, Skin for skin, yea, all that a man hath will he give for his life. But put forth thy hand now, and touch his bone and his flesh, he will curse thee to thy face. And the Lord said unto Satan, Behold, he is thine. He is in thine hand, but save his life. This verse, chapter, uh, verse 4, when he said, Skin for skin, yea, all that a man hath will he give for his life. That really struck me. My eyes lit up. It's like it's like the, the devil is saying, Okay, this Job is only following you because you blessed him. Mm-hmm. He's got riches, he's not wanting for anything, he's got a wonderful family. And so but if you put illness upon him, if you touch his flesh and his bones, that a man Listen to this. A man will do anything to save his life. Think about that. Mm-hmm. A man will do anything to save his life if you touch his bones and his flesh. So basically, he's saying, hey, if I put illness upon him, if, if I give you a sickness, then, hey, this person will charge God for that. Mm-hmm. And I think about my husband, and he was always positive. He would, when he found out his diagnosis and after the surgery, he would always say, I don't have or I can't afford to be negative. Hmm. So he was always positive, always in a good mood, always encouraging people not to be depressed and, and down. When he was around, he would always say, I'm here to live. I'm here to live. And he always said, he said, I don't know what it was. Right after the surgery, he said, I do not know how to explain this, but there was just something that came over me in that ICU bed that I just had this peace that I can't explain. Mm -hmm. And he said, "I, I don't blame God. I don't blame God. He said, I had a good life. I, I, I've gone places. I've traveled places. You know, I've never been sick before. You know, I have a family. I still have my parents and my siblings. He saw all the good in his life. And he was just always positive. But even in that, after he passed away, that topic came up. Why do bad things happen to good people? Mm -hmm. And when I read this 
passage in Job, it just, it was, it was just like a light came out and hit me. And I was able to see this is what the enemy wants. He wants us to curse God to his face. Mm -hmm. He wants us to blame God for the things that are happening in the world to now. Mm -hmm. Even the coronavirus, all the killings, all the sickness. That's his whole goal. Goal is to, to get us to be against God. Mm-hmm. When you hear that, touch his bones and his flesh, what comes to your mind? What do you think about that passage? Disease. Touch his bone and his flesh and he will curse you. Intentional, very much so. And if we, if we back up in Job chapter 1, where he talks about, let's go to Job chapter 1. Okay, in verse 19, his servants were, was coming back, and it goes to verse 19, and it says, And behold, there came a great wind from the wilderness and smote the four corners of the house, and it fell upon the young men, and they are dead. And I only escaped alone to tell thee. So this is one of his servants coming back to him to tell him what happened. Mm-hmm. And then it says, Then Job arose and rent his mantle and shaved his head and fell upon the ground and worshipped and said, Naked came I out of my mother's womb, and naked shall I return thither. Mm-hmm. So that what, what was Job's response into what happened? Like, whatever happens, I will not curse God or I will not doubt of God. But that comes, you know, brings a question um, to my mind, Dr. Dolgadillo. As you saw the health of your husband deteriorating and decaying, did any time during, you know, during those times you felt or you questioned God as if, you know, why did it happen? Why your husband and perhaps how did it affect even your children or your family in a larger scale about their belief in God? And how did your husband's attitude through his journey, how did that impact your own faith and your own view of God? Was his whole attitude, when, like I said from the beginning, uh, when he after he had the surgery, he was in the ICU unit. Mm-hmm. And his whole demeanor, he, he was saying how this spirit of peace came upon him. And the moment he said that, I knew that that was the presence of God, the presence of the Holy Spirit that surrounded him. Because that's the only way you can get such peace. Mm -hmm. And he even made the statement that this is the best he's felt in years. Wow. So that, just looking at him from the day of the surgery all the way to the day he died, I just see him saying, he never wanted to be depressed Mm -hmm. and that kind of thing. I never questioned God. What I saw was God acting in his life. I saw how God used him and his faith to even mend relationships within his family. Mm -hmm. I saw how God used him to witness at his job. When he passed away, uh, a member or a co-worker texts his phone and he's, 
he introduced himself and he said, you know, Sergio, which was my husband's name, he said that he gave me a new reason to open up the Bible and search again. He inspired me to want to dig deeper into the Word of God and learn more of God. And so that just told me that he was witnessing at the workplace. Um, was it hard? Yes, it was hard. His health didn't really decline much until the very end, mm -hmm. maybe the last month and a half. But because he, he was able to go back to work, um, the physical therapist had to be sent away because before he had the surgery, the doctor told us that he would have to be, maybe have to learn how to walk again, mm -hmm. have to learn how to speak again. So the physical therapist came. She had to leave because he could walk. The speech therapist came. She had to leave because he could speak. Wow. Uh, the occupational therapist had to leave because he could do all his ADLs, which are activities of daily living. Mm. So they all had to be sent away. And I just saw all of the blessings that came out of, uh, of Sergio passing away. Mm. Do I want him to be here? Sure. Um, we've been married for 31 years and I would love to have him to this day right beside me. And it's weird not having him beside me. Mm -hmm. Um, but his whole walk just inspired me to have faith all the way till the end, mm -hmm. to the end from even the way we die is a blessing. There's before I didn't understand the scripture that said uh, to rejoice in your trials and, and your afflictions. I mean, really? I, but now I understand that. Mm -hmm. uh, to, to count the blessings. Count it all. Good. Be, if you suffer for Christ in this life, we pick up our cross and we suffer for Christ, we also get to rejoice with Christ. Mm -hmm when he returns and when we get to go to heaven, we get to rejoice with Christ. So I just want to encourage the people out there who are listening mm -hmm. that bad things may happen to mm -hmm. our loved ones, but there is even better things that will happen when, when we reunite with Christ. Mm -hmm. A great thing is, happening and we see it right here in this world uh the second coming of christ we are living literally in the end of time and we see all of the signs before us mm -hmm. and there were questions among you know other family members uh people would say why god why mm -hmm. and after reading this chapter in job i was able to share with them this message that is so obvious right now. I, you know, I've read it many times, but it really popped out at this time in my life. Don't blame God. Don't, don't blame God. It's not God. It's the enemy. He wants us to blame God, but it's not God. Mm -hmm. So because, you know, we have our audience, those listening to us right now, then, you know, you told us that your husband had a very good 
lifestyle. You know, he ate right, he exercised, he, he even was a runner, right? And um, somebody perhaps listening to us may say, well, then what is the benefit of, of changing my diet or watching for what I do, what I eat or my health and everything? Since we are on our podcast, Health Watch Now, um, Sister Claudia and Dr. Delgadillo, what are some encouragement, what are some things, you know, you can say to those listening to us, perhaps thinking that that is, you know, if bad things happen to those who still have um, good health or good diet per se, then what's the, the reason? Should we go to the other extreme as well to just be careless about our health just because of disease uh, that can still affect those who change their diet? What are some advices that Sister Ledger and... Um, Dr. Dolgadillo have for those listening to us and for us here? Well, I just want to say, uh, take us back to uh, Romans 12, verse 1, which says, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that ye present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, mm. which is your reasonable service. And, mm. and then to verse 2, it says, And be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind, that ye may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will mm. of God. Our bodies are not our own to do as we please. Mm. But at the same time, you know, we, we what is health? What mm. is optimal health? There's three aspects of health. There's, there's the spiritual aspect, okay. the physical aspect, mm -hmm. and what's left? Mental. Right. Yes, mental. Mm -hmm. So... We can't, uh, <laughs> you can't take one away mm. and have optimal health. Mm. You can have a good spirit and a good mentality, but then the physical is off. And mm. then vice versa, you can have a good spiritual life, but then you don't have a, a good physical life. Right. It's, right. it's all together. You can't separate them. Mm. They're joined together, at, at least for optimal health. Mm -hmm. A lot of times when we think about health, we want to focus only on the physical. Correct. Right. And we totally ignore the spiritual mm. and the mental, the body, mind, and soul. Mm. That's that's very right. So to those listening to us, just as Dr. Delgadillo told us right now, um, there, there, there needs to have and there needs to be a balance between the physical, mental, and spiritual in order to, to, for us to attain and experience at least good health. And even though we have that good health, um, things can still happen. However, um, by finding that balance, we can very much so reduce the likelihood of having many of the diseases that are all around us. Sister Ledger, is there anything you want to share with those um, listening to us and with those here in the panel? Yes, I'd like to share the book of 3 John, the letter of John, 3 John, verses 1. There's only one chapter in the book of 3 John, verses 2. Beloved, I wish above all things that thou mayest prosper and be in, in health, even as thy soul prosper. In the book of 1 Corinthians, 1 Corinthians 3, 16, let us remember what the Lord is telling us. Mm. Know ye not that ye are the temple of God, and that the Spirit of God dwell in you. Mm. 
And if any man defile the temple of God, him should God, he should God, who should God destroy, for the temple of God is holy, which temple ye are. Mm. So we also need to remember that in the beginning, in the book of creation, God was very specific with us. When we go back in the first week of creation, in Genesis 1, 1 let us remember what the Lord gave us instruction of things to eat from the beginning of creation. Okay? I like to share in the book of Genesis, Genesis 1 29, the Lord tells us, in God say, Behold, I have given you everything, every herb bearing seed, which is upon the face of the whole earth, in every tree in the which it is the fruit of the tree, yielding seed. To you it should be for meat. Mm. So God is already giving us instruction, the things that we should eat. That way we don't defile mm. our temple. Mm. Wow. Wow. Very important, important point as well that um, Sister Ledger has brought to the table and to those listening to us, that we all need to be reminded that it is God's desire that we all should be in good health. And also that our bodies is the temple of God, that we are to take care of our health uh, in connection to what Dr. Dolgadillo brought a few minutes ago, keeping in mind that our health is the mental, physical, and the spiritual as well. Our time is, 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 is going, it is going quick, and we are privileged to be here talking about why the bad things happen to good people. Why does disease uh, disease happen to those who still have good uh, health, good lifestyle? So that's our topic for today and our conversation has been blessing and interesting to us so far. So is there anything you want to share with us, Dr. Dogadio, that you have in your heart as we come near to the close of our conversation? Yes, I just wanted to share, uh, there's another question that came about as well as, mm -hmm. why did my loved one have to die? That's exactly right. Why? Well, if we go to Genesis chapter 3, and we go to the fall of mankind in, in chapter 3, and this is when Satan is talking to Eve, and he's being subtle in his ways and trying to convince her to t partake of this tree. It says in Genesis chapter 3, verses 1, it says, Now the serpent was more subtle than any beast of the field which the Lord God had made. And he said unto the woman, Yea, have God said, Yea, or you shall not eat of every tree of the garden? Verse 2, And the woman said unto the serpent, we may eat of the fruit of the trees of the garden, verse 3, but of the fruit of the tree which is, in, which is in the midst of the garden, God have said, ye shall not eat of it, neither shall ye touch it, lest ye die. Mm -hmm. So here again, the enemy is trying to subtly but surely trap Eve. And the question was, why does our loved ones have to die? Mm -hmm. Why do we die? Why do we die even if we're following the health message? Why are people dying? Mm -hmm. Well, it's because of the curse of sin. Mm -hmm. 
the wages of sin is death. And it wasn't us literally in the Garden of Eden that committed the sin, but it he said, you shall surely die. Mm. But the devil is telling her, you shall not surely die. The, the father of lies. Mm -hmm. And so, yes, did my husband die? Was he eating right and doing all the things? Once he found out that he had the illness, he was eating the things he was supposed to be eating. And he was doing the things that he was supposed to be doing, but yet he still died. Mm. And and some people will see that as the health message. See, it doesn't even work, so we sh should have just did the chemo and radiation. Mm. Um, but we don't die. The health message does not save us. It's not the food. Mm. That's what we have gotten wrong. In the Garden of Eden, it, the subject was not about food. It wasn't about the fruit. Mm. It was about obedience. Right. Who are you going to worship? It's about God. Mm. And so, yes, all of us are going to die. We're all going to die. Why? Because of Genesis chapter 3. Mm. The wages of sin is death. And... God said, do not partake of that, that fruit or you shall surely die. And we surely die. And sometimes, sometimes we, we think we're getting away with things because we don't see the effect immediately. Just like in the Garden of Eden, they didn't see the, the death immediately. The, that's how Satan was able to, to uh, convince Look. You touched it. Look. You're eating it. You're not dead. Mm. So what does she do? She offers it to her husband hmm. who partakes of it. So why do we die? We die because of sin. Right. It's the curse of sin. But brothers and sisters, I want to encourage you that this sin, there's a solution to every person's problem and that solution is jesus christ there's a hope an everlasting hope mm -hmm. and that hope is our lord and savior jesus christ mm -hmm. yes and you know god ex extended my husband's life an additional two years mm. wow so let me ask you this question mm. does the length of time determine whether or not God heals you. If you are 25 mm -hmm. and you die in the Lord, and then there's another person who lived to be 120, but they die and they their whole time they spent here was in the world and they lose their soul, which one would you choose? Certainly the 25. <laughs> yeah. That's a no-brainer, right? Yeah. <laughs> but yet, if God gives our loved ones two years, mm. hey, oh, God didn't heal them. Everybody in the Bible mm. that Jesus healed is now dead. Exactly right. All of his disciples <laughs> are dead. Mm. You want to you hear about an unfair death? Let me tell you about John the Baptist who was raised to be the forerunner for Christ. 
and look at his death. He was beheaded. Is that unfair? And Jesus was right there, right there in the midst of it. Why didn't Jesus heal him? Why did he have to die in that manner? You see, it's not so much when or how you die, it's what you do in between, like in between birth and death. What are you doing in between? What are you doing? What are we doing? With a life that we we're have. we're focused on the the time period. Hmm. In the cancer society, they they consider you a survivor of cancer if you live five years after diagnosis, hmm. even if you die five years and one day after, you still get put on that list. So if the cancer society hmm can see you as a survivor, why does not God's people see it as a healing, even if you get extended, what, two months, Mm -hmm. a year? We say, oh, well, God didn't heal him because he lived two years. But if you live for 15 years, then God heal you. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Very good question for us to think, certainly. But we've come to the end of our discussion and our conversation tonight or today. And Sister Ledger, do you have any closing remarks that you have you want to live perhaps um, before I pass to the closing remarks that Dr. Delgadillo is going to have for us? Do you have anything you want to say before I hand it to Dr. Delgadillo? Well, yes. Um I like to um, share with the friends that, like our doctor, uh, Dergadillo, was sharing with the, with our friends, that we need to understand that God, it, God is in the business of performing miracles. Mm-hmm. And sometimes we, he extended our life, even for two months, three months, even a week. Mm-hmm. We need to be praising and, thank, and thanking God for extending us life. We don't, you know, sometimes we don't appreciate when um, the Lord is blessing us with more days, more ye- even a year mm-hmm. He gives us. And sometimes because He doesn't give us what we expect, we don't call it a miracle, mm-hmm. you know. And we always remember Lazarus, the story of, the story of Lazarus in the Bible. Everybody knows that story because... Jesus himself resurrected Lazarus. So that was a miracle that the Lord, uh, Jesus performed for Lazarus. But if Jesus extended to our loved one, even a week or a month, we don't call that a miracle. Mm. Mm. Mercy. Mm. Mercy. We need to learn how to appreciate what the Lord is doing for us, even if it gives us one hour. In the one hour, the, cr- the thief at the cross didn't need a week. He didn't need a whole 24-hour period. He only did, he only needed a few minutes, you know. And the Lord said, I will, I will see you in paradise. Mm-hmm. So sometimes the Lord, the Lord tests us, tests our faith if we truly believe in him. Mm-hmm. So we don't need, it's not about the time that he's going to give us. It's about what we're going to do with what he gave us. Mm-hmm. So Amen. he can give us Amen. probably, you know, uh, uh, three hours. And that three hours is enough for us to repent for Amen. him from our heart. 
So because the only one that knows our heart is, is Christ. Yeah. The Lord is the one that knows their heart. So if we truly want to serve him, so it is he gives us the opportunity for us to repent and complain. Mm. Thank you. Thank you very much, Ledger. Dr. Dogadillo, do you have any closing remark or encouragement to leave with our listeners listening to us right now? Yes, I just want to share with you all uh, Revelations 21, verse 4. And it says, And God shall wipe away all tears from their eyes, and there shall be no more death, neither sorrow nor crying, Neither shall, shall there be any more pain, for the former things are passed away. Hmm. Be encouraged. Be encouraged, my friends. I hope you have been blessed. And if you'd like to learn more, please visit us at decalbsda.org. You also can follow us on Facebook at Decalb Seventh-day Adventist Church. Health Watch Now, a production of the Decalb Seventh-day Adventist Church, in Texas.